Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen on this day of forgiveness here at Faith Radio. It's the 28th of June, 2023. Encouraging you to draw near to God today. Ask him to forgive you in Christ Jesus. Receive the forgiveness that God offers in Christ. And then consider to whom you need to be extending forgiveness in the world. And then from whom do you need to be seeking forgiveness or reconciliation in the world, right? So it's possible you have offended someone. It's possible someone has taken offense at you. It happens to me all the time. And so I'm going to share with you this story of offense. <clears throat> and um, I had to humble myself and ask this person to forgive me, even though I will confess I had no recollection of uh, this offense that she picked up along the way. And so let's talk about that briefly here for a moment, because it does seem like everyone is offended. They're just living offended. And so let's consider what offends us, what we allow to offend us. What offended you yesterday? What already offended you today? Um, are you offended? Um, what What does that do to us? It robs us of our joy. It contaminates our interactions with other people. Um it actually breeds anger and hostility in the culture. So, you know, it, it, for people that are supposed to be sowing peace, we need to be not picking up offense along the way. Because offense leads to all kinds of negative, secondary feelings, emotions, attitudes, actions, and habits. You can actually develop a habit of picking up offenses. And I want to encourage you not to develop that kind of habit today. Uh, because it will it will create like a furrow, a, a trench that you will then walk in and you will just walk in offense all the time and you will be offended by everything. And then, of course, people will not want to be with you at all, ever. Uh, and I, yeah, we, you know, I want you to be loved and liked and all those good things. So what does the Bible say about taking offense and being offended? Um, you can choose to be offended or you can choose to forgive. You can choose not to pick up offenses. You can choose to not trip over the stumbling blocks that are out there. Um, don't be baited into picking up offenses, and you can instead just quickly forgive. So the Greek word for offense is scandalon, and it's often used in the New Testament metaphorically for things that arouse offense, for things that arouse us to um, create division or fissures in relationships. So don't pick them up. Don't be baited into being offended. So uh, just a few weeks ago, I became aware that a, a person uh, was carrying an offense against me. Two years ago, two years ago, she apparently sent me an invitation via a text me message. I have no recollection of any of this, by the way. She sent me a text message to an event that she was hosting in her home to sell a line of products. 
I apparently was not available. I texted back quickly that I couldn't come, that I already had attended a similar event at someone else's home. I didn't need what she was selling. But however it was that I answered, which was probably with brevity, she took offense to that. And she has apparently been offended toward me ever since. So she's been carrying that offense around for two years. Now, she chose a social occasion at my home that she was attending to share with me that she had that she was deeply offended. And then she'd been living with this offense for two years and she couldn't believe that I hadn't come forward to apologize. And I, of course, was standing there honestly with no recollection of the exchange to which she was referring, but also very sensitive to the fact that for her, this was a serious barrier in our relationship. So I confessed. I just confessed. I said, I'm so sorry that I answered your text hastily. I, I don't I don't remember what was going on at the time. I'm so sorry that your feelings are hurt. Um, please forgive me. Please forgive me, which she did. Um, so all of that is to say it is possible to not even know that you've hurt someone. It's possible to live for years in a damaged relationship because an offense that another person picked up against you along the way. And so let me just say this. Don't be defensive and don't try to figure it out. Just confess Allow the relationship to be reconciled, uh, dip into the reservoir of forgiveness in which you've been forgiven, and just forgive. So instead of offense, let me encourage you today to pick up and demonstrate love. Because love does what? Well, it covers a multitude of sins, even the ones we don't know we've committed. So be patient and kind today. Because love always forgives. We're going to talk with Deborah Folletta. She's a psychologist. We're going to talk with her about forgiveness on this day of forgiveness. You need a reset today? You need to reset your uh, your forgiveness setting? We're inviting you to do that. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. We're thrilled to have Deborah Folletta back with us today. You will remember her from our conversation about her book, Reset, powerful habits to win your thoughts, understand your feelings, and change your life. You can connect with Deborah online, and I highly recommend the podcast as well, truelovedates.com. Deborah, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Well, thank you for having me. So this is um, the day of forgiveness at Faith Radio, and so I thought I would just invite you to maybe share a story from your own life about either giving or receiving forgiveness. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for caring about this subject, because I don't think we often address it in the way that we should. I think sometimes we focus so heavily on on forgiveness and, and we're supposed to do it for others. And, you know, this is what God wants us to do. But I don't think people realize that forgiveness is actually for them. You know, it's for their healing and their freedom. And I think sometimes we think of forgiveness for the other person, which is true. But I also believe that God really made it to alleviate our burden. Um, So it is such an important subject. And I can think of so many times in my own life where I've had to offer forgiveness to alleviate the burden of what's been done to me, Um, Mm. whether in small things in my marriage or big things in, you know, past friendships and, and and times when I've been hurt or times of injustice. But at the end of the day, forgiveness is for us. I like that image of it alleviating a burden. Um, and I also like the language that you're using in um, in relation to freedom, um, that, that forgiveness is like this freedom force. 
I've also um, noted that you've talked about unforgiveness being a trap. So that seems like the two sides of maybe the same experience. Like I could experience right. forgiveness as a freedom force. I certainly know what it feels like to, to live in unforgiveness, but talk about that as a trap. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's, let's make sure that we acknowledge that this isn't just massive hurts and pain. We're not just talking about times when there's been serious conflict or betrayal or abuse. We're also talking about the small things, you know, when, when somebody says a hurtful word or when a friend withdraws and you, and you feel hurt by that. And, and, and at the end of the day, when we're choosing not to forgive someone, we are allowing ourselves to sit under this bondage, this trap, because we're living in bitterness. We're living in hurt. We're living in pain rather than in the joy and peace that God wants to give us. And and we've all heard, you know, forgiveness, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that it hurts the other person, but really it's just hurting us. And not only that, I feel like it's giving somebody more power over our lives than they deserve to have. Because usually in cases of unforgiveness, we've been really hurt by somebody. We've we've been betrayed. It's somebody that maybe we can no longer trust. But if you think about it, by not forgiving them, by living in that bitterness and pain, you're giving somebody more power than they actually deserve to have in your life. You're allowing them to influence your life in a negative way rather than allowing the peace and hope and joy and freedom of God to penetrate our lives. I feel like there's a connection here, Deborah, to um, placing the esteem or my relationship with other people um, maybe as a higher priority or more significant influence than my relationship with God. If I'm, if I'm forgiven, if I'm living as a forgiven person, then there ought to be a reservoir out of which I can dip to forgive others who have slighted me or hurt me very deeply and profoundly. Um, Am I, am I making a legitimate observation there? uh, And, you know, and help me where maybe I'm treading in dangerous territory. Well, according to scripture, that's a perfect structure. That's a perfect model because we have to realize that we have been forgiven of so much and 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 we need to forgive because we have been forgiven. But I think where we make the mistake, Carmen, is often people assume that forgiveness means forgetting mm. and we just kind of move on with our life. You know, sometimes even in our apologies, when someone says, I'm sorry, our response is, it's okay. I've even taught my children not to say it's okay as a response because it's never okay. Being hurt and 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 somebody treating me poorly, someone treating me with disrespect, somebody hurting me, sliding me, abusing me is never okay. So so we don't even want to respond that way. The the proper response is, you know, I forgive you. It's not okay, but I forgive you because I have been forgiven. And just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean there's no consequences. It doesn't mean that the relationship is naturally restored because sometimes even after you forgive, you still have to have boundaries in your life. You can, you're called to love everybody, but you're not to call to love everybody up close. We can love people from a distance, especially people who have proven themselves to be unsafe, deceitful, 
people that we can't that can't be trusted. So I think the conversation of forgiveness also needs to come with a conversation about boundaries and the importance of those two going together because you can forgive, but that doesn't mean that the relationship is always fully restored to what it was. Hmm. We're going to continue our conversation with Deborah Folletta here in just a moment. You know her from um, her book, Reset. You also know her from a very popular podcast. You can find her at truelovedates.com. We're going to continue this conversation about forgiveness in just a moment. Do you need forgiveness today? Today is our day of forgiveness. I want to encourage you to text the word forgive to 877-933-2484. We want to walk with you in this season of forgiveness. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great faith radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. Continuing our conversation now with Deb Folletta. Um, Deb, we are talking about forgiveness. Um, we're talking about it as a positive freedom force in our lives. We're also talking about unforgiveness as a trap. We've touched on um, the, the truth that forgiveness is not actually for that other person. It's actually for me because I don't want the root of unforgiveness to to grow up within me into some twisted vine that I'm all caught up in. Um, you've touched on that forgiveness is not forgetting. I guess I'm wondering if you could maybe connect this for us to this whole idea of it being time for a reset. I feel like forgiveness is kind of a massive reset. It, it really is. And, you know, I talk about in my book, Reset, about how sometimes we have triggers. We have things in our life that come up that are a pain point, you know, these times when somebody says something or does something and we kind of have this massive emotional response where we feel hurt, where we feel pain, where we feel anger. But I always say that these triggers, these massive emotional responses are often a sign that there's more healing work to be done in our life. It's Mm -hmm. God revealing something that needs to be healed. And I think unforgiveness goes into that category when somebody does something that really hurts us, oftentimes it's God revealing a pain point in our heart or in our life or something that we need to deal with, something that we need to shift, an area where we need a reset. It could be that we're resetting the way that the relationship works. Maybe we we put some boundaries up. It could be that God is pointing out things from our past, pain points from our past that we've ignored, that we actually need to bring up to the surface and begin to heal but you're right, Carmen, ultimately choosing to forgive is choosing to reset, choosing not to hold on to bitterness and pain, choosing to redefine the story and begin to do it differently. And we don't need the other person's apology in order to forgive. We don't need the other person to confess. We don't even need them to change. I mean, sometimes we wait for an apology in order to forgive. But like we said earlier, forgiveness is for us. That means we can choose to be free anytime we would like, whether or not the other person apologizes. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. 
when I read that and those words from the Apostle Paul, I'm reflecting on the words of Jesus from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, or they know not what they're doing. And he's looking down at a scene, um, not just of Roman soldiers, right, gambling over his clothing, but criminals on crosses to either side, religious people mocking him from the ground, a crowd blaspheming him. Um, It's in that whole environment that Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I wonder if there's some grace there for us as we turn toward others who they don't even know what they're doing when they are hurting us. You're right. And, And, you know, Jesus offers us a template for forgiveness there, because as a counselor, as a licensed counselor who works with lots and lots of people who come in with hurts, I know that one of the number one keys to being able to forgive is having a heart of empathy. Empathy means being able to look at the other person and see life through their shoes, see life through through their eyes, through their lens through their own hurts and pain and dysfunction and lack of skill set and lack of emotional health and lack of understanding. I mean, I think Jesus had empathy. He was able to look at the people that were hurting him and see life through their lens and realize they are lacking. They are missing something. They are not where they need to be. And when I have a heart of empathy and I can see my, my parents and, and their hurts that they've brought into their relationship with me, their childhood. When I can look at my friends who have hurt me and see the hardships that they have been through. When I have a heart of empathy, it's so much easier to take that step toward forgiveness. And I have seen that in my clients' lives when they can look at the person that hurt them with empathy it opens the door to being able to forgive in the way that only Jesus can teach us how to do. So on a uh, somewhat different subject, and I'll just ask you this briefly. I took a e- emotional, like an EQ test recently. And yeah. um, okay, I, I just decide that I don't like tests that have like a never and an always. And if you don't <laughs> answer always or never, you get a bad score. But I don't answer anything never or always because I always think there's room for improvement and there's things about myself that I don't see. So I would never say never. And I would also never say always. So anyway, could you just affirm that I have a pretty good emotional intelligence, even if I did bad on the test? I just need to hear that affirmation (laughs) from you today. You know, we'd probably have to have an hour long conversation for me to assess that, Carmen. But I will tell you. I think one sign of emotional health is the fact that we're always looking for something to adjust, an area to transform, Mm. something to reset, something to grow and something to change. We're always inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, search my heart. Help Mm. me help me see what you want me to work on. Help me see if there's an area of my life where I need to forgive. If there's an area in my life where I'm being triggered, if there's a pain point that I'm stuck in, you know, help me to see the bitterness, the dysfunction, the sin, the struggle in my own life. And I feel like that in and of itself is a good sign that we're moving in the direction of healing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, we love talking with you. Thank you so much for joining us on this day of forgiveness. That's Deborah Folletta. She is a psychologist and author. Her book, Reset, I highly recommend. You can also check out her podcast and all kinds of great resources, truelovedates.com. Deb, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Oh, I love being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. All right, we've got all kinds of things that you guys are recommending. Um, thank you uh, so much for your engagement on the text line. Um, uh, and so thank you uh, so much for um, all of the ways in which uh, you are plumbing the conversation about forgiveness today. The text line is open, 877 Recommended by a listener, John Bevere's The Bait of Satan, Living Free from the Deadly Trap of Offense. Another person says, hey, there's something called Freedom Prayer that I recommend people checking out who uh, are feeling as if they cannot um, break free and allowing Christ to help them do that. So thank you for all of those resources. Jason Romano is uh, a friend of the show. Um, You know him as the guy from Sports Spectrum who helps us bring the storylines from the world of sports and faith, you know, where those intersect, and he brings those stories forward to us. Jason has an incredible uh, testimony related to forgiveness. Uh, he he has a book called Live to Forgive. He wrote, I don't know, I think maybe 10 years ago, well, close to 10 years ago now, moving forward from those we uh, we love who hurt us. And it, it's the story about um, his experience of living to forgive his dad, and so it includes his dad's story as well. Um, I thought it would be helpful for Jason to join us today because the journey of forgiveness is not a once and done kind of thing, um, especially when we're talking about the ways in which our lives are lived alongside one another um, and the, the, the people or persons who we forgive along the way and the ways in which they forgive us. Sometimes we fall again into the same sin. Sometimes we hurt the same person again who has already forgiven us. And so we're going to talk today with Jason Romano. We're going to talk about um, Live to Forgive. It's his book, Moving Forward, When Those We Love Hurt Us. Um, We do have copies to give away. Uh, So you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. We're also going to talk with Jason about the developments in this story of his journey of forgiveness. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Jason Romano is joining us now. You can find him at sportspectrum.com. You can also find him at jasonromano.com. Hello, my friend. Hi, Carmen. How you doing? I, I am well. I am well. Today is the Day of Forgiveness here on Faith Radio, and so that was our motivation to invite you to join us so that you could remind us and share with us from live to forgive. Um, mm-hmm. And I've already told folks we've got copies to give away today, so as Jason's talking about Live to Forgive and his own forgiveness journey. Uh, If you're interested in reading the book, you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. So because I have read your Twitter feed, um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask about the development of this journey and where you are now, but I would like for us to tell the story of Live to Forgive and then talk about where things are today. Is that, could we do that? 
Absolutely. Yeah. The, the book, the book came out in January of 2018. So it gives you an idea that, you know, five years ago is when I, when I released the, the book and the book is twofold. It's my journey of forgiving my alcoholic father. And, you know, my dad <clears throat> struggled with alcohol for years and years, and it really destroyed his life. And in many ways had its opportunities to destroy my life and my brother's life. I have two younger brothers, um, three boys, three Romano boys. But, you know, thankfully my mom was there to kind of save us and, and, and give us a chance at life, to be honest with you. But the lingering effects of my dad's drinking and the choices that he made caused a lot of bitterness and anger and pain in my life. So I, I processed this through the book. And, you know, ultimately about 10 years ago in 2013, uh, my dad was able to get sober at that time. And I was right around the same time able to finally truly understand what forgiveness was all about. And I forgave my father and began to tell this story in small circles, never any any kind of you know podium or platform or anything like that. But somebody heard about it and said, you know, you can help a lot of people if you tell this story. Um, so I decided to share it publicly. Uh, it wasn't something I was exactly proud of or wanted to get out there. But I think anyone who shares a struggle in their life, you know, the reason why they share it hopefully is to encourage others. That was the reason why I wrote the book, um, Live to Forgive. And it's also a book that's has some application to it too. So it's not just my story and it's not a narrative per se. It's actually written in a way to hopefully encourage others on the journey that they're on. And yeah, that was 2018 when we released it. Uh, my dad had been at that time sober for, I guess, four or five years. And, you know, I felt like that was the time to, to share what, you know, I kind of had went through for so many years. And it's about as raw and open um, that I, I think I could ever have been especially in writing this book, it was therapeutic. Um, but I, I, I did it because I just felt like, Carmen, that everybody struggles with forgiveness. And I mm -hmm. thought it was important to share my story. And if it encourages one person to forgive on their own journey, um, then it was worth it. Yeah, Jason uh, says in, um, in this book um, that the goal is to help you fully feel your emotions and uh, ob objectively evaluate your pain um, so that you can truly transform your wound uh, and enter into the peace and freedom of forgiveness. So I want to encourage mm. you, if that's something that you need um, and a journey that you are interested in walking, we have copies of Live to Forgive to give away today, and we would love to send one to you. So text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, Jason, as you, as you think about the journey of forgiveness, yeah, I'm wondering if there are some points in the storyline that you say, you know what, I'm, I'm fairly confident that everybody has to take that step. I mean, as unique as each and every one of our experiences are in terms of the, the forgiveness that we need and the forgiveness that we, um, in turn extend to others, there are some things that are universal, um, so maybe point to one of those, something in your own forgiveness journey that you're like, yeah, pretty sure everybody has to take that step. Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, I think the first thing that was sort of this realization in diving into this process of forgiveness, which is exactly what it is, it's a process, it's, it's an ongoing process that continues as we speak today, um, is, you know, I'm a follower of Christ. And so I look to God's word to help guide me and 
Jesus is pretty clear in the Gospels that we're to forgive every single time. Now, it doesn't mean it's easy. And in some cases, we might look at situations and say, there's just no way I can forgive someone who did that. But the Bible is pretty clear and Jesus is pretty clear that it's it's not a it's not a uh, you know consideration. It's something we must do. And so I start there and I'm like, all right, thanks, God. That's awesome. But, you know, now I have to implement this into my life. How do I do this? Because I'm, I'm hurting here. Um, I think the one thing I would, I would say is, you know, there's feeling the pain, evaluating the trauma, transforming the wound and forgiving the abuser. That's how the book is, is sort of broken up into four steps. And I think it comes to a place of feeling the pain is something that's got to start. Cause I think a lot of us suppress it, especially guys, especially some of the guys that I know who have been through some, some trauma in their life. Uh, they like to suppress it and just kind of put it in a box and store it away in the attic. Like we would, if we had something old that we were just kind of putting up there and putting it away, but that box is still up in the attic. Right. And eventually we got to pull it out and open it up and see what's inside. And so I think something that's universal and practical for a lot of people is just to begin to feel that pain and acknowledge that that wound is there and and talk through it and try to process what's going on. The transformation hopefully will come as we look to the scriptures, as we look to other people sharing their stories. But I think evaluating that pain and, and feeling that pain is super important. Yeah, I think that's really critical. And there's so many ways that we distract ourselves from it or try to distance ourselves from the source. We try to you know, mm. uh, create all kinds of um, distractions, diversions, filling our time, never being alone, um, anesthetizing yeah. ourselves. Uh, I, you know, I, I I even said the other day to a person who I I just recognize she's she's always got her earbuds in, and they're mm-hmm. and it's always on. I mean, even at night, and I'm like, okay, there's a reason that you want there to be noise in your head all the time like what's going on like right so i think that there are things that we can ask one another and encourage one another about when we do observe that it seems like somebody is um genuinely building structures in their life to avoid dealing with the pain and the hurt of the past um and you can't you can't deal with it if you don't deal with it and so um that is really very very helpful um, we're talking with Jason Romano. We're talking about live to forgive moving forward when those you we love have hurt us. We've got copies to give away today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, I follow you on Twitter, Jason. So I know um, what you shared over Father's Day weekend about your dad. I encourage you to, if you are so willing, to um, to share that now. Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting. When we scheduled this interview, it was almost a month ago, I think. And, um, you know, I'm always grateful anytime anyone asks me to talk about forgiveness or my dad's story. I've done a lot of work now, obviously, on forgiveness, having known this book's been out for five years and even working through it, reading scriptures, talking to tons and tons of people who have worked through their own forgiveness story. And, you know, people often ask me, Carmen, because my dad got sober in 2013 and he stayed sober for 10 years. And people would ask me, what would have happened if your dad didn't get sober or, you know, was continuing to struggle with his drinking? And I said, I don't know, but I hope that I would have chosen to continue to forgive him. And, you know, it's interesting when I think about that question now, because back in April, uh, I was picking up my daughter from college. Uh, She goes to school at Indiana Wesleyan, not too far from where you guys are. 
um, in the Midwest there in Marion, Indiana, a small Christian school. And I'm getting ready to go pick her up and I get a phone call from my dad. Uh, you know, and our relationship has been reconciled um, over the last decade. You know, we're not the closest of friends. We don't have the greatest relationship, but it's cordial. And it's I'm certainly glad that it's not where it used to be. Uh, my dad lives a couple hours away, so I don't get to see him too often, maybe a few times a year, if that. So often our conversations are on the phone. And he calls me, and it was really early, 6 a.m. I'm like, why is my dad calling me this early? He's never awake. And he basically proceeded to tell me that he had, you know, relapsed, that he had, you know, started drinking again. And, you know, he was embarrassed by it, but it was, I felt like it was a good step for him to share that story with me because normally he would kind of hide that in the past, you know, and I went immediately into encouragement, which for me personally, just as my own journey, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. I'm sad for my dad. Um, but I want to encourage him like you can do this. You know, I go into sports mode. Okay. You had a 10 year winning streak, almost 10 years of sobriety. You can get back on the horse and do this again. Um, sadly though, it went really sideways for him and he, he went on five or six days in a row of drinking while I was in Indiana picking up my daughter. Um, you know, it was really bad, like down, like just completely off the cliff um, to the point where he had to go to the hospital to dry out and to um, to try and get sober again. And then he spent a good 30 or 40 days sober. And right before Father's Day, um, my dad had another episode and started binging again. Uh, it was about a five-day binge, uh, about a week before Father's Day. He ended up back in the hospital. That's where he was on Father's Day. I didn't even know he was there because we couldn't get in touch with him. Um, but he was there trying to get sober, trying to dry out. And, and I talked to him yesterday, and he's in a much better state. He's out of the hospital. He's been sober for about 13 days. And I, I understand now, like, these small wins are things we got to not take for granted um, in the midst of, you know, 10 years, you feel like 13 days compared to 10 years is, is, you know, nothing. But, you know, my dad is a fighter and he tries. Um, but for me, you know, I shared this post on social media asking for prayers because I kind of felt desperate. Um, my dad does not know the Lord. And it's been my prayer now for a while that he would come to faith in Jesus. He's 72 years old. Um, and I'm really, I was really experiencing, Carmen, a lot of emotions, kind of PTSD a little bit um, with my dad in going through this wound that I thought had been completely erased. And now it was kind of ripped back open and it was pretty deep. And did I struggle with forgiveness? I don't think so, but I was struggling a little bit with just some anger issues that I had thought were gone and completely, you know, disappeared in choosing to forgive my father and uh, in hearing him in an intoxicated state, hearing him kind of going through some of the struggles that he had went through so many years ago, uh, it was hard. And, you know, I had long conversations with both my brothers and we were um, kind of talking through this and processing this together, which was good and therapeutic for us. Um, you know, I certainly look to the word and look to God to sustain me, but it's been interesting. It's been kind of messing with my, with my brain a little bit. And I think I'm going to go see us, to be honest with you, see a, uh, a counselor for maybe the first mm -hmm. time in my life, just to kind of process it a little bit more and talk through it. Um, but I was not expecting this. It kind of came out of the blue, and I'm sure for my dad it came out of the blue for him too. Um, but, yeah, it's it's very interesting, and quite frankly, it's just weird to be talking about forgiveness now in the state of life that I'm living today versus even a month ago or a couple months ago 
um, when it kind of felt like we were never going to have to revisit this again. So it's been really interesting. It is. Um, it, first of all, thank you. Um, and it is a journey. And we're going to um, continue to unpack that here with you in just a moment. Um, if you've got a yeah. particular question that's on your heart as you're hearing Jason um, share from his heart, you can always text me 877-933-2484. We're going to continue our conversation with Jason Romano. This is the day of forgiveness. And maybe you, um, like Jason, you know, you've walked through a, an experience of forgiveness with someone um, who deeply hurt you in the past. And yet you're just recognizing you're at a new place in that journey now. And um, that soil needs to be tilled up again. That's okay. It's a journey is a forgiveness. It is a process. We recognize that. Um, We want to invite you um, to walk in it in this day of forgiveness. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. We're talking with Jason Romano. Uh, he, he used to work for ESPN, um, and there's a story at the opening of, uh, of his book, Live to Forgive, um, it's actually written, that portion's written by Daryl Strawberry. That, that is worth... Um, reading so that you can understand how your willingness to be vulnerable and share your story and your experience of the journey of forgiveness can transform your relationships with other people and transform their lives as well. Um, We are talking about forgiveness on this day of forgiveness here at Faith Radio, and we want to invite you into um, the journey and the experience of forgiveness. Jason, um, you have asked publicly for prayer for you and your yes. brothers and your dad. Um, you've reiterated that here today. So we want to do that. Um, your dad's first name is? Joe, Joe Romano. Joe. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray for Joe. If you're listening right now, I'm going to encourage you to also pray for Jason and for his brothers. Um, it occurs to me, Jason, that we are talking about, you know, we're talking about relationships and your substantially healed relationship with God through Jesus changes you as a son. Um, It changes you as a dad. Uh, It changes you as a husband. It changes you as um, a man of God in your place of work, in your vocation, in your field. Um, And yet we find ourselves praying that your dad would become your brother. That's really when I think about the image that I want to lift up before the father. I want to pray that your dad would have a restored relationship with the father through the son that he might become your brother. Would that mm. be an okay prayer to pray? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I welcome, I welcome that for sure. That, that's really good. Karma. I've not heard it said like that before. When you said that, I'm like, I don't want my dad to be my brother, but mm. uh, I do want my dad to be my brother in Christ. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All the way home, all the way home to yeah. the father's house. Yeah. Let's, let's pray. Father, we come before you. And we come before you, um, Abba, Father, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we come before you 
we, we acknowledge that we stand on equal footing uh, at the foot of the cross. Um, and we come before you pleading on Joe's behalf. You know him. You conceived of him before the foundations of the earth. You knit him together in his mother's womb. You know the circumstances of his conception. You know the times he got picked up as a baby and the times that he didn't. You know every hurtful thing that's ever been said or done to him. You know the pain in his heart and his body and his mind and his spirit. You know the sins that have been sinned against him and you know the sins he has committed. You know Joe, Father. You know Joe in ways that none of us will ever know Joe. And you love him. And you gave your son, Jesus Christ, for him. And so we come before you with our brother, Jason, Joe's son. And we ask that you would draw Joe unto yourself today in Jesus Christ. We pray for Joe, and we pray for others like Joe. Um, Father, we ask for substantial healing in his body, and we ask for substantial healing in his relationships in the world. But most importantly and most ardently, we pray he would be reconciled to you in Jesus Christ, that he would know you as Abba, Father. And then, Father, you would turn him back toward his son and they could walk together as brothers all the way home to your house. Use forgiveness in our lives, Father, to change us as we approach others who sin against us and those against whom we sin. Help us, Father, to live in forgiveness and live out of that reservoir of forgiveness in relationship with one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You know we love and appreciate you as a brother in Christ, and we really appreciate the ministry that you do every day. Um, And just thank you for your willingness to be um, so vulnerable in these conversations. I just Mm. really appreciate it, Jason. Thank you, Carmen. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's funny. I prayed for my dad for many years to be sober, and he got sober, Mm. and then he didn't. I never really prayed for his salvation until the last few years, even the last few months. Um, This was beautiful. So I really appreciate Mm -hmm. you having me. Thank you. Absolutely. We look forward to the rest of the story. We do. Me too. Me too. Yeah. 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 We're hopeful, right? That's what what the Lord is. I'm anticipating miracles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank Thank you, you, my friend. Yeah. That's Jason Romano. If you want to... Get a copy of Live to Forgive. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. We're going to wrap up uh, our time together on the Day of Forgiveness, but we got a whole Day of Forgiveness here on Faith Radio. If you haven't yet joined us in the journey of forgiveness, you just text the word forgive to 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Hey, one little uh, walk-off note as we conclude our conversation today. There are just a few things that people need to hear and people need to do at the very end of life. One is to ask for forgiveness. The other is to be forgiven, um, to be thanked and to know that they are loved. And so um, before this day ends, do that. Um, Ask for forgiveness, extend forgiveness, say thank you, and tell someone they are loved. You are loved. Have a great day.
and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.